welcome to a new episode of Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I am Cherie Hardy, and it is such a pleasure to continue reading M.C. Higgins the Great. This book was written by Virginia Hamilton and in 1974, and it is a Newbery Award-winning book. So if you have this book, you can follow along with me silently, but if you don't, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place and try to get relaxed and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. M.C. always felt bigger and strong around Ben, like he wasn't just anybody passing by. He was M.C., and he made a show of examining the vine he would use, which hung down the side of the tree trunk. He grabbed it above his head and braced his feet against the trunk. Leaning far back, he tugged hard on the vine. Positive it would hold his weight, he walked up the tree and climbed onto the branch next to Ben. The branch twisted horizontally around the tree, searching for sunlight. To balance themselves, the boys had to stand still and hold tight to their vines. For a moment, they stared at one another in silent regard. MC liked Ben and felt sorry for his being small and alone when he didn't want to be either. He admired Ben because Ben was a witchy, and he knew that Ben thought a lot of him, since he was like no other boy and would play with Ben. Tall and powerful, MC didn't mind being by himself, could do anything well. Between them was an unspoken agreement. Ben was never to touch MC with his hands and risk losing his only friend. The problem for both of them was that they couldn't walk a path together for fear MC's father or others might see them. MC would walk the path and Ben would stalk him, hidden in the trees. That way they could be together and have no trouble. I go first, MC suddenly said. He shoved off the branch, swinging out through the ravine. He was carried in a long sweep through the ground fog. In an instant, he appeared shadowy, like a ghost riding lazily on thin air. Vines are fine, he thought lightly. He felt the coolness of mist on his bare arms, but they aren't the best ride. MC reached the far side, then Ben swung off the branch and rolled low through the fog. Just above the stream, he passed MC on the way back. I got a ticket to ride, MC sang softly as he passed. Ben grinned with pleasure. MC landed on the branch and pushed off at once. Again, he and Ben reached the stream at the same time from opposite directions. Hi, you bro, MC whispered. Hi, you MC, Ben whispered back, holding tight to his vine. In slow, ponderous sweeps, they rode back and forth. Their old vines creaked with the strain. The boys swung slowly and finally they slowed completely. MC caught up his vine with his feet. When he could reach it with one hand, he twisted it up and around his legs and wrapped it around his waist. He let himself hang there above the stream with his feet dragging in the cool water. Ben did the same thing. He swayed gently around in the stillness. Ben looked just as happy as he could be. MC was feeling pretty good himself, just listening and feeling the depth of silence. He even glanced at Ben's hand. 
They were small and appeared almost ordinary, except each hand had six fingers, then had six toes on each foot. Folks said all the Kilborn men had toes and hands the same. Eyeing Ben's witchy hands, MC assured himself that the six fingers weren't wildly waving and making magic. They were the same as the other ten, holding on to the vine. Only they were extra. MC let the sound of the stream become distant. He could hear voices from the Kilburn land nearby. Snatches of words, their meaning lost on the mist. Dishes made their scraping noise. Chickens clucking and fussing for food. Farther off, he thought he heard the deep cough and hum of machines. Bulldozers working so early? Found again from the house, a fretful cry of a child. Where's your daddy now? MC said softly to Ben. He's at home, Ben said, and Uncle Lee and Uncle Joe. No work until tomorrow, but they fill up the ice house by evening time. Are they going to cross that swinging bridge anytime soon? MC didn't like running into Kilburn men. Not likely before afternoon, Ben said. Then I have to help them. If MC ran into the Kilburn men, his father had warned him never to let them cross his path. And your mama, MC said, haven't seen her in a while. She's at home, Ben said. She was gone most of last night. Getting out the devil, MC said respectfully. He tried to be polite when speaking of Mrs. Kilburn's power. Delivering a baby, Ben said. Oh, MC said. And then, are her greens any good this year? Nothing's any good this year, Ben replied. My daddy says it will get worse with mining going on everywhere. What does mining have to do with your mama's vegetables? MC asked. Ben was silent a moment, as if he didn't want to talk about it. Reluctantly, he said, Well, Daddy and Uncle Joe went from miles north and east following the coal scene, looking for mining cuts. They didn't go to Sarah's Mountain because of what Joe Daddy might do. But wherever else, they lay hands on the cuts. You mean they thought to work magic on the hills? Ben's MC stared at Ben in disbelief. I'm just telling you what they had to do, Ben said. Daddy says it didn't work straight off, but that maybe it will slow the ruin down. Naturally, it didn't work, Ben MC said. That's why folks stay clear of your father for doing things like that. He just can't find a way to heal a mountain is all, Ben said, looking at MC. His eyes were ancient, innocent. Shoot, MC said and fell silent. He pictured Ben's father pressing his hands on giant gashes made by strip mining, and it just about irritated him to death. He didn't know why. Two years ago, bulldozers had come to make a cut at the top of Sarah's Mountain. They began uprooting trees and pushing subsoil in a huge pile to get at the coal. As the pile grew enormous, so had MC's fear of it. He had nightmares in which the heat came tumbling down over and over again. It buried his family on the side of the mountain. But his dreams hadn't come true. The spoiled heat didn't fall. Slowly his nightmares had ceased and his fear faded within. But then something would remind him, like the chance to get off the mountainside with the dudes coming 
Like Ben's father acting the fool, MC would get edgy in a second. Tell me about the dude again, MC said to hide his irritation. Is it time for him to be coming? Ben asked. Soon time, MC said. And I have to be heading back too, so tell me about him. I already told you, Ben said. I know that, MC said, but I want to hear it one more time before he gets here. Tell me again. Ben sighed. Well, I did just like you said. I asked everybody if they had seen him. From here to Harrington, just on the outskirts, on this side of town, folks had seen him. He appeared to be heading east toward the river. He's staying close to town, afraid of the hills, I guess. Anyway, I head for the river and I ask everybody, you seen a dude, some, come by here with a tape recorder? And they say, yeah, and laugh their heads off. They've been putting him on just to hear how they sound on the tapes. Say, this song has been in my family for a hundred of fifty years. Do believe him, too, and tape him up good. Tell about how he looked, MC said eagerly. I haven't even got to him yet. Well, hurry up. You're taking too long, MC said. He, all, he was all right, Ben began. I find him sitting on the dock with some men fishing. You could tell right away he was the dude. Tell it, MC said. All right, boys and girls, I'm going to stop here. This is page 13. I will stop here and I will continue reading. Just continue listening. There will be so many other stories just for you. Well, continue to have a very beautiful day. Again, this was M.C. Higgins the Great, written by Virginia Hamilton. Take care.